Starting with a mania that's hit the street with a brand new beat. Go Come with us. Come and remember the magic. What's up, all you rad dudes and dudettes? Welcome to 90s Disney, your podcast for everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm AJ Minotti, your host. I'm joined by my brothers, Mike Minotti. Hi, everybody. It's me, Mike Minotti. And Chris Minotti. Hey, it's me as well, Chris Minotti. <laughs> wow. You're the youngest, you go last. Me, yeah, me and Chris have such boring names. And then you have AJ. What does AJ stand for? Tell our fans. Armand, and Ar- I'll let you all guess my middle name. Jamal. We'll play that game. <laughs> junior, junior. T- tweet me your best guesses. I'll reveal the answer next month. Yeah. Uh, but welcome to the third episode of our little podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed last month's show all about Aladdin for the Sega Genesis, because I sure did, and I am surprised we got an hour out of that. Oh, we did. You were all like, oh, we might have to talk about all the Disney games. Like, no, we're just, oh, we're just talking about right. Aladdin. We'll talk about Aladdin for, for the game gear. We did it happen. We did it. We did it. I don't care what it takes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this month uh, we're talking all about the Disney MGM Studios' first major expansion, the Sunset Boulevard area, along with its huge weenie attraction ride thing. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> it's more key right, attraction. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's what you that's were looking for. That's a good word. That's yeah. a good word. I'm a writer. I come up with those words. <laughs> the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Mm. Well, that was definitely the goal to get people pushed through Sunset Boulevard to get to the weenie of Tower of Terror. All right, Chris. So uh, you were riding herd on this episode. So take yeah, me back. I took lots to of the year notes. 1994. Well, we'll start in June 1994. That's when Sunset Boulevard officially. Oh, I like opened. this. We're getting more specific, even down to the month. Well, because like you know, eventually yeah. ten episodes, <laughs> the year true. in review is a bit. Well, uh, there will probably be something else that's going to happen in 1994. <laughs> So, way back in June 1994, one big event that we all kind of remember, you probably more so, AJ, mm-hmm. was the O.J. Simpson police chase in his white Ford Bronco. I remember oh. this. This is one of the first, like, so this was, I think I was in third grade. This was the first year I started remembering world events. I think Ellen came out as gay at the same time, and for some reason that was a giant deal. That was a big Probably deal. because we were in a Catholic school, <laughs> so all of our teachers were losing their minds. <laughs> but yeah, I remember, I remember the trial more so than the chase, but the trial was a very big yes, deal. Yep. Even though, again, third grade, like, what, what, am I like nine, ten? Yeah, I really that chase, we, we had hours of coverage that car just going down a highway. I, <laughs> in hindsight, oh, it's all kind of boring. Man, I, what? I wish. Fantastic. Yeah, and I wish I lived in an era where just some random celebrity killing a couple, like some person was like the biggest shocker of the era. <laughs> oh, the, the 90s. Uh, some other big events during that time. Uh, on the same day that Sunset Boulevard opened, the movie Speed was released. Ooh, that's a good that's movie. A that holds yeah. up. That's a great movie. What about Speed 2 Cruise Control? Less great. Not as good. <laughs> and Keanu Reeves still as relevant as ever. He's more relevant. <laughs> Everyone yeah, loves right? him now. <laughs> then uh, for the year overall, Forrest Gump, of course. Highest grossing movie of the year. Uh, for the song, top song... Do you guys remember this one? I swear by All for One. You got and to. I yes. swear right. by the moon and the stars. Yep. 
I wonder if I wonder how many other instances are where the top grossing movie of the year was also like because that won Best Picture. It, it did because a lot of people, some people were mad that Pulp Fiction didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder how many other instances there are that I don't know if anything made more money than Return of the King the year it won. So that might be another example. Yeah. But I don't I don't know how often that happens. So that was top song for June and for the year. And this is oh I love this song to this day. I saw the sign by Ace of Base. Wow. You know, for the longest time I thought the lyric to that was I saw the sun. I, uh, me too. Kind of, but then, like, at the end, it sounded like she said, I saw the fire. I saw a shine. <laughs> right. Just the accent. <laughs> you know, our radios weren't so I high, this high song, fidelity. I thought this song was way earlier than this, to be honest. Right. I remember that summer because I was playing baseball that summer. I remember that song was always on the radio. Yeah. Remember oh, yeah. the radio? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> All right, so that's a quick year in review, 1994. Get you, get you a few on those good uh, 94 not, not feelings. I'm just thinking of playing baseball as, as a 10-year-old. All right. right. Eating fun packs and go to your Dairy Queen. Right. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Dairy Queen, we are... Getting those crunchy cones. We're getting right. excited for Lion King because it probably was... It was, like, out later that year, right? That was late yeah, 94. Yeah. orange slices and soccer. Ugh. So, so not much has changed, really. <laughs> yeah. So looks about Lion King and going to Dairy Queen. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, so pre-opening to Sunset Boulevard, this was always planned as kind of, you know, expansion MGM pad. Studios' first big expansion area. They knew they were going to use this plot of, plot of land. Um, pre-opening on the Hollywood Boulevard, right before uh, the entrance there, there, there's a theater called Theater of the Starred Stage, and uh, there's a show there called Hollywood Hollywood, and we just watched it for the first time. It was, it was pretty... Entertaining. It's interesting. Yeah. It's so funny because it's like, it's like, it's Mickey is coming out. He's introducing all these different eras of, and this, the show went from, uh, this show started May 1st, 1989 and just went to August. It's not last yeah, very so long. Not very just long. Song. Right. Shocking. And, but it's, where it's like, Mickey's it. like going out, he's introducing different like, like movie segments like starting very early yeah like, like the talkies and musicals and there's like five sections in the 40s then all of a sudden tigger comes out it's just all like those 80s like like anthem rock well they're like <laughs> okay we have three minutes left just get tigger out there get tigger get out there flash dance to whatever it takes but then he like he did his back to the 70s do star wars and uh indiana jones yeah he did blockbuster yeah there was like a very small blockbuster section at the end that was indiana jones star wars and uh superman 66 percent of which of, disney now owns yeah <laughs> weird yeah weird that superman was a part of this Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So so this whole area, um, there's the famous Hidden Mickey. I'm sure everyone is aware of it. But if you're looking at an aerial view of this, um, you know, the entrance area of the park kind of towards the uh, Chinese theater, this area served as Mickey's left left ear. So it it was a representation of the old Hollywood Bowl uh, stage. And the area behind that, that was... uh, Penny just opened a door. Don't oh, worry. That my was do- very creepy. My dog is oh. going into my bedroom. Don't worry. <laughs> she does that. So the area behind the stage is served as just cast member parking and an access to the park itself for cast members. But that's really all that was there. Uh, you, it's you know, funny because I was five years. I I've been to the actual Hollywood Bowl and I didn't realize it was famous till later. Hey, we didn't know you were there. Yeah, for one of my one uh, I, for my video game journalism, I go to this event in LA every year called E3. It's like the big video game like uh, trade show and uh, event. And the one year there was a Zelda concert at the Hollywood Bowl. It was hosted by Zelda Williams because, you know, she was named yeah. after it. So uh, it's very had, fun. And you had no idea. No idea. Very, very famous location. It yes, turns out. it turns out. Hmm? Okay, so June 12th, 1994, that's the grand opening for uh, Sunset Boulevard. 
And then Tower of Terror opens one month later. So you got to wonder, like, that one month when you get there, how disappointing yeah. it had to be. Because you have this weenie. It's, it's almost giant a giant building. Oh, it's almost it so nice. It's almost surprising they weren't just like, let's just wait a month. Yeah, the, yeah, the rest of the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Because what were you even doing back there? Some shopping and some, some food, I guess. Yes, yeah, just shopping. And I, well, I guess they probably opened up the new. Uh, the Hollywood theater have the B&B show. Yeah, well, and even then, the the farmer's market that we'll get to, that opened the same time as Tower of Terror. So there really wasn't any dining. It was all just... Just the, the, the shops, shops on the front? And, yep, that's mm-hmm. right. Hmm. So, and re- really, like, like this type of podcast right now would be great to have some images coming up because the park maps during this time period, we'll they're just phenomenal to look at. But, um... So on Sunset Boulevard, basically, you know... This is just a huge area that's inspired by different landmarks of the Hollywood area, uh, not spe- not you know specifically Sunset Boulevard itself, which is kind of ironic. Of all the buildings there, only one is really on Sunset Boulevard, and the rest are just in surrounding areas. <clears throat> what so, is what is like significant about Sunset Boulevard itself? There's that show. Sunset <laughs> that's, Boulevard. That's a movie. God, to be clear, AJ, it's a very famous movie that Andrew Lloyd Webber made a not very popular musical based on. <laughs> I know we're theater nerds, but oh, the movie's quite good to us. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I have a list here that took quite a while to really kind of track down. I gotta say, I you you uploaded this list to our our, our Google share, and I was very impressed with the detail you went into. Because and I for one never realized I knew like some of these buildings were modeled after something like sure. like the Carthay Circle is an obvious one, but like they're all. Well, something. Well, there's some even like like doing this research that like recently and recently as far as like five six years ago that some people didn't even know what it, what it was until I looked on like you know certain forums like WW Magic and things like that and people asking what was this, but um you know so going down um right in the entrance of Sunset Boulevard there is a fountain and we've seen this fountain so many times but mm-hmm. even that alone was actually inspired by by a real area in Los Angeles. <clears throat> this is the one right by, like, the wait time station, That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. So it's based off the William Mulholland Memorial Fountain, located at Riverside Drive. And, and again, I have addresses for all the actual buildings, and I don't have to go into that kind yeah. of detail or anything. We'll put in the show notes. Yeah, show, Mul- show notes but. yeah Mulholland Drive. Wasn't, wasn't there a California Adventure thing named after Mulholland something something? Yes. It was the drop thing or something, yeah. Yeah, there's some Mulholland. Mulholland is a famous Hollywood thingy. Yes. Thingy, of course, yes. <laughs> the technical term. <laughs> so looking at Sunset Boulevard, the first building on the left, we'll go that way and go clockwise here. But that's the Beverly Sunset building, where Sweet Spells is, or was. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, is this? Oh, okay. This was the one connected to the villains. Yeah, it, correct. Yeah, correct. That's There's right. villains in vogue and sweet spells. Yeah, and sweet spells recently closed and it's making way for a toy. Did you know that Toy Story Land merchandise is going in this location? Yeah, which is strange. It may be there now. I'm not sure. I think it might already be there even. Yeah. Okay. Like, how do they build a new land and forget to put a merchandise location in there? <laughs> right. What do I know? Well, it's part of the theming. They couldn't, you know, you're a toy. They put five merchandise locations in the new Star Wars thing. <laughs> yes. It all fits with the theme. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is based on an old uh, theater in um, Beverly Hills called Warner Beverly Hills Theater. Uh, the theater itself was demolished in 1988. And there's a lot of stories like that with these buildings. How many weren't able to be pre- to be preserved? And That's to- incredible. That's yeah, a shame. I know. Yeah. 
I mean, the Warner Brothers, those are the second most famous brothers come out of Youngstown, Ohio. That's right, after the Minotti Brothers. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's interesting that there's a... That they made a there's a building in a Disney theme park based after a building named after Warner. Yeah, right. Well, again, who knows that? Just right. going there. Chris knew it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I knew off the top of my head. <laughs> but uh, a lot of these buildings that are currently demolished in the Hollywood area, it's all it, they seem to all be in that seventies, you know, eighties range. I, I guess just at that time period, just people. Weren't it's like that weird. It's yeah. like that weird era, like right before you're like. Like a giant historical landmark. Yeah, you're just, just, you're old. just an old building that needs right. to move. It's like that. It's like that awful thing that happened to uh, Journey into Imagination. It was like in that weird floater phase where it was between being old and a classic. And yeah, we just get rid of five us. more years, and it would have been like small. You can't world. touch it. Yeah. yeah. So, so part of this same building is then attached the uh, the villains in Vogue slash real Vogue. Before that, it was called real, like R E E L, the movie real. So this is based off the facade of the Pasadena Winter Garden, which uh, the um, Peggy Fleming. Do you guys remember that name at all? It kind of, I kind of just had a you know well, quick I, recollection of that. I see in your notes she was an Olympic skater. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so this was her training grounds uh, for Peggy Fleming. And again, this closed in 1966, and it's just currently a nondescript storage facility. Just but it's still there. there. So it's still there. So at least the building is yeah. there. Yeah, how weird. This is the coolest. This is like the, the best shop. that Everyone likes the villain shop. Yeah. And for a while, it was, what, Jack Skellington merchandise? Yeah, they had a lot too, of Jack Yeah, when that was, got big again. Just. Yep. So next to that, they just call it the apothecary, and, and there's no signage there. The only thing that's there, there's two windows at the top that... Um, I didn't write down what they say, but something like uh, Muscle Beach, you know, things like that. Okay, yeah, other famous things. Yeah. In L.A. So, and that's inspired by a bar in Pasadena called 35er, and that's still around to this day. And then after that, this is the Sunset Ranch Market, um, which opened when Tower of Terror so opened. So this, this is the outdoor market. Yeah, and, and this, you know, goes from uh, pretty much the whole half of the west side of the street. One of my least favorite places to eat in Disney World. I was going to say, one of my favorite breakfasts in, <laughs> uh, really? in the park. We've well, all gone there too When often, you want some, just some fresh fruit and stuff in the morning. It's all outside. Fresh all fruit on vacation. Yeah, right? What the heck? <laughs> Give me something fried <laughs> and on <laughs> <a> stick. <laughs> Especially like in the like late 90s, I went hard at Hollywood Studios. Well, so I, I needed that light breakfast yeah. in the morning yeah, to get me right. through the day. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but this was all based off the uh, the original farmers market in yeah. uh, in Los Angeles. Um, tell this tell this weird Walt Disney story that I don't believe. So uh, okay, so in the farmers market, the official website for this farmers market that is still around, they have different quotes of you, you know just interesting facts for the the market itself. There's one that they claim um, this quote. It says. When Walt Disney was preparing his early designs for a place called Disneyland, he did some of his work while dining on one of the farmer market patios. Elements of the market's unique design, it is said, said, are incorporated into his original drawings. Like, what would that? Walt have, Disney wasn't out there with some graph paper and a pencil <laughs> drawing Disneyland. I mean, what would it have even gone into? Because like, that's a very specific design of this farmer's market, which I can't picture anywhere in Disneyland. Anyway, yeah. Maybe it was in the old Disneyland Circus we never saw. It had this real weird. <laughs> you know, they saw him there. They felt good about it, and yeah, I mean, they wanted, you know, I'm yeah. sure he was there. It's, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's enough to know he was there. <laughs> Okay, so going back to the uh, the entrance um, on the right side, it's currently where the Starbucks is. This is uh, based off the Pacific Electric Building. 
Uh, built in 1907, closed in 1953, and the 90s was converted into a 99-seat community theater by a group called the Actors Gang. That's so pretty cool. Yeah, nice how new would that be? Yeah. So I'm, I'm imagining, is this kind of like the equivalent of the of the building, the end of Who Friend Roger Rabbit takes place in, like just like a building that houses the cable cars and stuff? No, well, that's that's not where it takes place. It's the it's the it's the station above the bar. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Yep. Uh, so beyond that, Legends of Hollywood. Uh, this one, again, just like the Warner Building, is based on uh, a theater called the Academy Theater. It opened in uh, 9th, November 7th, 1939. It was meant to be the home of the Academy Awards, and it never happened. Huh. Yeah. Now, this is just a, a gift shop of some kind, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, It's neat, because a lot of these shops, they really remind you of, like, Main Street 2.0, in a way. But, well, it's like, it's like those connecting shops into, like, you well, know. It's weird, because, like, Sunset Boulevard is almost more Main Street-y than even, I don't even, what do you call that actual, like, first Main Street on uh, Hollywood Studios? Oh, um, Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood yeah, Boulevard, yeah. yeah. Like, that has the one main shop, which is being redone right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, it doesn't have a ton, like, I don't know, they always see, it's weird, Sunset Boulevard is this weird extension of it. It's yeah. almost like if Edison Square actually happened. Right. At Disneyland, like, that's what Sunset Boulevard is. Yeah. So it's just like straight extension. Yeah, of so it. this whole right side just feels like you're walking through their like emporium. It's one of those, yeah. and just like with in like Magic Kingdom or Disneyland, I'll often just walk through the stores if I'm going down that street, just like it being AC while I'm walking through. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to. Or for me and AJ, that's where we uh, would cut through on a rope drop to get to Tower of Terror. Yes, tower. the crowd. fiends. <laughs> oh, we know all we the had, tricks. Yeah, yeah, all the it. tricks. Oh, we didn't run. We obeyed the oh, rules. Yes. So, I we walked, we I walked at a, a pace. I don't think Tower Terror is going to be the rope drop ride there anymore. <laughs> for some. For some. <clears throat> so attached to this building um, is another facade called Disney 94. It's just a side entrance to the Legends of Hollywood uh, area. It's pretty small and missed a lot. And honestly, I didn't you know really recognize it until looking at, at uh, pictures of it. But it's based on um, 507 Wilkeshire Boulevard, so whatever that is. It's Santa, Santa Monica. Yeah, Santa Monica. I'm at Santa, Mon Santa Monica once a year for work. I wonder if I'd recognize this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're next to the maps and find it. I'm looking Absolutely. at uh, 507 Wilkeshire. Yeah, Wilkeshire Boulevard, Santa Monica. And Santa it's still around. It's currently in Iobella. Do you know what that is? What? No. It is a woman's body, sh body shaping spa. Well, I can't believe I don't know that. Oh, man, this is a very distinct-looking building. Oh, yeah. How many Disney nerds are going in front of the I.O. Bella to get a picture? Oh, next time I'm in Santa Monica, yeah, Mike, I'll be there. Yeah, Mike, next E3, you know what you, you must do. You you walk by, I'm looking at this, you walk by this building, you would have no idea, like, this is recreated in a Disney theme park. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I read this, and I was like, really? Like, these are all things. There's so many. That's incredible. Like, that one and the, the bar, the 35 bar, were really, yeah. like, crazy to me. Um, then after this is, and I cannot believe this is still here, the Planet Hollywood Superstore. Isn't it finally going away? I think it's, I think it is. is. It? I think it's yeah, finally yeah. on the way out. If it's not already, yeah. So this again is based off a movie theater in the Hollywood area. It's called the Lorena? Lorena? I think sure. that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. So it opened in 1937. It sold in 1985. It was partially demolished in 87. Leaving only the facade, the marquee, and the ticket booth. The important part. So, yeah. <laughs> you can still see it from the street. That's right. It's still, still good enough to go and, and go and take a visit. So, this store actually closed in February, finally. It's no longer... No. It's no longer... Uh, Planet Hollywood. It was there for a while. And it always it had like that real faded out like yellow or pink ranger outfit yeah. from the Power Rangers. <laughs> Gotta show something. Right. I mean, well, it's so funny how big a deal like because so this is yeah, 94 right when right around the same time that that 
playing at Hollywood opened in uh, downtown Disney. Yeah, get that synergy. It's a giant deal back then. I thought that Planet Hollywood was so good. I thought it was one of the coolest things in the world. They could do a whole episode on just that Planet Hollywood at some point. Good idea. Because that was, or I guess even West Side in general, but I know even just that Planet Hollywood was so cool. So weird to me it's still there. But yeah, that's it's not a plain Hollywood anymore. I don't know what what other generics I'm sure they just put in some generic uh, gift shop in there now. Well Plain right. Hollywood apparently was so popular they needed a second store right next to it. <laughs> so this was the superstore for Planet Hollywood. It's the left side of the building. It's based off a hamburger chain called White Tower Hamburger. Was this like a competitor to White it, it Castle? Had, oh, it, well, they said it wasn't a direct this like descendant of White Castle, almost like a McDonald's cuz they were known for their 5 cent, you know, chain burgers as well. Yeah. Uh but it it's I mean, a chain. All those a lot of those things started in California, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a chain. This one specifically uh was based on one in Washington DC, but most of them had this very medieval aesthetic. Um, just medieval, yeah, medieval as, as seen in the Hollywood medieval. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the other cool thing too, not just the facades and the buildings, but just little like you know other pieces of architecture around the area. So you know that um, the, the restroom area. Yeah, that's like the bricks and all that, that. That's right. So not the restrooms themselves, but but past them to the right, there's just a tower, and that's based off a landmark in Hollywood. I honestly never even noticed it. Yeah, I, I know. But it's based off the uh, the ground up building complex, you know, just very, you know, generic. You'd never think anything of it. Uh, it was built in 1927, so it's still there. Uh, beyond the bathrooms is the Sunset Cloud Couture, uh, built in 1931. The original building was restored in 2007 to serve as a floral restaurant and bar. It's a place you can visit right now. That's cool. Yeah, so we'll have to do that sometime. There we go. Trip. That's right. Obvious. Uh, <laughs> Beyond that was Mouse About Town, uh, just another souvenir and clothing store. Upscale. Very, uh, of course. <laughs> had to have upscale. But uh, th- this is the location at the time in the 30s of the Berman Furs and a Hollywood talent agent known as Paul Conner. <clears throat> not sure if this is still around or not. Um, beyond this, of course, is the Carthay Circle facade. It's so funny now because... That is a, such a thing in California. Yeah, adventure. when they read the California Adventure, especially the opening area, they oh, made the car they circle the weenie. Yeah, and it's like much, much more to scale. <laughs> much more to scale. Like you go look at. It's funny you look at this thing. And you, at the time, I didn't really know much about the Carthay Circle Theater. We all kind of learned about it when Disney was like telling us what it was when they were building. Uh, and and what it is is the theater that Seven Dwarves debuted in. And yeah, there's this giant version of it in Disneyland's California Adventure. But this is like it's the same thing. It's very obviously that theater is just much smaller. Yeah. And again, demolished in 1969 for that's office a, space. Man, that's insane. It's just so crazy. It's it's such a shame that yeah. like we didn't have that sense of preservation. How cool would it be if that was restored to like a big movie house? Oh yeah. Like they were, you could go see movies well, there think still. In just that area, that someone be willing to to do something with that. With the, <laughs> unfortunately, cough, unfortunately, cough. the Disney company wasn't doing so hot in '69. <laughs> yeah, that's no. right. Then now they have uh, the El Capitan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you know, like you said, demolished 1969. It's just an office complex. That's all it is. But uh, going back again to the the tower by the restrooms, the the gate entrance for Tower of Terror is also based on. Uh, a Hollywood landmark. Uh, it serves as the grand entrance to housing development known as Hollywood Land. And like the Hollywood Land with yeah, the original the, sign. That sign was meant as an advertisement for the Hollywood yes, Land. Yeah. It, it wasn't for Hollywood, just for this housing and development area. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, um, those are pretty much all the all the facades and 
kind of like a little bit of history of, of each one that there's way more you can go into with each building. It's weird how much thought they put into all these facades. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. They just kind of like cherry picked all these like cool buildings in Hollywood. And I was like, hey, these are these are our buildings for this street. Oh, yeah. And the coolest thing is just kind of comparing what Disney did to how it looked at the time. Yeah. yeah. Like during the 30s. Um, the, the one that really grabbed my attention, the Academy Theater, the Legends of Hollywood. There's this big like spiral um, just feature. And that only existed on the, the Academy Theater for like a year or something. But Disney decided to use that design for their facade. So just little neat things like that. Neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so so that's the facades. Um, other than that and Sunset Boulevard, there are two main attractions. Uh, the one was an existing one, just kind of, you know, moved to this location. The Theater of the Stars makes its return. Um, not with shade. Not with shade. <laughs> yes, and playing the show, <laughs> the show uh, that's still playing to this day, Beauty and the Beast. That's nuts. And this was a series of strange events. <laughs> Belle finds herself at the entrance to a castle. AJ, not a fan of that show. It's all right. I it must honestly, be, there must be something to it. The best part of the show is because Belle isn't actually there for the uh, the mob song. Instead, there's like this one random villager who's like conflicted about joining the mob. That guy gave a wonderful performance. <laughs> He's told such a story with his face that I was enthralled. So we have a, a friend who's a, it was like the, I forget the role is the stage, stage manager, manager mm -hmm. for this Beauty and the Beast show still. And she's also worked on Fantasmic and um, some other things in, in the studios. I wonder if we can ever talk to her about yeah, it. So I don't she, know how, what the clearance is like. Yeah, she still works she, there. She gave me some interesting insights. Like um, there's all these different kind of uh, tricks and, and fail safes for when cues are running late. Uh, you know, like, like a costume change or something like that. So she's told me. Belle's like, been out too late the last night. So not even that. Like, like the transformation at the Maybe end. that's she, what happened to you for uh, through know. a series of strangers. There was only one time where she almost had to like stop the show because like this cue was taking too long. And like at the last possible second it went off. But she was going to have to like end the show early because oh, wow. it was so late. Jeez. So, I mean, but but the B&B &B show started in the old version of the theater, That's too. right. So, Hollywood Boulevard, this show started in November 22nd, 1991, still going to this day. And what's interesting, before that, just the shows that were going on in this stage when it was on Hollywood Boulevard. So, we, we watched Hollywood Hollywood. That lasted for six months. Then the Dick Tracy Show starring the, the Diamond, Diamond Double, Double Cross. Cross. That's a good I, name. I need to watch a video of that. I've never actually seen it. Diamond they, Double Cross. They had a lot of high hopes for Dick Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy, see, this is a Diamond Double Cross. See, you're gonna be a big star, Tracy. You're gonna carry this company. <laughs> and short, that's what they thought, man. Shortly after that, Hollywood's Pretty Woman. That so, one did not last very long. Generic screen Disney World stage show. Yeah. <laughs> pretty so woman. generic Disney show with uh, some dancers, Dick Tracy, Pretty Woman, Beauty and the Beast. And they found what worked. Yeah, right. Like, there's something to this Beauty and the Beast thing. Well, didn't that show come out before the movie? A little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. That would happen a lot. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. It's like how you can find the like the kid's storybook version of, like, Moana, like, two months before the movie. <laughs> You're like, You're Should I read this? Right. Uh, the, the only time I was ever in that theater, because we didn't watch it, was the one time it was... Uh, Fantasmic was rained out, so they all put us in the theater. The theater, that yeah, theater. That's, that's oh. where we were. And we found out. Like, we found out that the voice of Mickey Wayne Albright died, so we were very sad. Oh, we all won. Excuse me. Yes. That was the first time uh, my now wife came with us, and I was so excited to, to show her Fantasmic. 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 Yeah. Oh, I was bummed. It was Wayne Albright. 
I don't know. You made that up. My, mis- my mistake, Jacques Levine. <laughs> Your mistake indeed. Okay. Anyways. All right. So, so that was the one of the two attractions. Do you guys know the other one? Oh, uh, I never heard of it. <laughs> Might be something you know called Tower of Terror. Okay. One of the top five theme park rides in the world. Yeah. I wouldn't know. According to AJ Minotti. <laughs> yeah. I should, say, I should say right now before we get into this, I am a coward. I have never been on the Tower of Terror. So this is all you two. We, we've tried for so long. Oh, it's not I, I've never tried to get Mike. I know his limits. I did Splash Mountain one time. <laughs> drops, is, drops is like the one thing I'm really bad with more so than almost anything. I can do test track. Mm-hmm. Speed. Because speed, like, to a degree. Oh, you're just in a car. It's okay. <laughs> Simulators? I'm pretty good with. I'm getting worse with them as I get older because my brain ain't so good. (laughs) (laughs) Drops still don't like. All right. So so Tower of Terror was always meant to be, as we said earlier, just, you know, the weenie to attract people to the back of that area. You know, get through Sunset Boulevard. uh, Come check out this brand new ride that we have. But before that, they had so many different concepts of what they were going to do with this area. Uh, some uh, we you know we've heard about before. Some maybe not so much. The biggest one I think that that got the well, we'll go b- before that. The Roger Rabbit's Hollywood. Well, this was like the whole land originally. Yeah, Maroon, Maroon oh my Two God. Studios. What could have been? And they went very far on this. You can find a lot of concept art. So the main attraction for this was going to be a simulator ride where Roger Rabbit was like a, like one of those like Hollywood tour buses, and he was driving it. And there'd be this screen in the front, and you'd see Roger Rabbit driving kind of like rex and star tours but it's not animatronic it's just part of the screen mm-hmm. and then the windows like on the bus would also be screens and the whole thing would be this you know mad romp it'd be crazy at some point you'd be going down backwards you would hit the hollywood sign and the big finale was supposed to be like roger rabbit would somehow like be ejected from his seat and he would land on the roof of the car and his indent would literally smush down <laughs> and you would see it and they well, did a ton of work on this well it's crazy because this sounds you know just like what universal did with uh, the new king kong ride skull island to an extent now, this, this wouldn't have physically moved it would have been pure simulated right yeah, so, yeah. But, but the screen you're in you know the trolley well the ride was called two town trolley mm-hmm. but you're in the trolley and all around you there's screens just right like but i think but like in king kong you're almost like you're in like a tunnel here i think the screen would literally have been where the window so the perspective actually would have okay. been worse. Okay. It would not have been as good an effect, to be honest. But it would have been interesting. And then the other ride they were going to do was kind of this, like, Baby Herman dark ride. Yeah, it's a runaway baby buggy ride. Um, I don't really know what that ride would have been like. I think this is the one that more than any other one's turned into the ride in Disneyland now. Well, no, because there was the ride called Benny the Cat. Oh, well, never. Excuse me. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> and, a lot like the ride. Yeah. So a lot of inspirations from all the rides. But, yeah, the Benny the Cat ride is the, yeah. the Disneyland. And... What's funny is you can still see a lot of Roger Rabbit. I mean, they, Roger Rabbit was all over this theme park when it opened, but there's mm-hmm. still the Maroon Studios kind of billboard in the Crescent Lake area that mm-hmm. you can Eddie see. Eddie office window with right. the, uh, the window shades. Yeah, they see Roger Rabbit cut out in them. Yep. But this was very close to happening. Yeah, this was so close. And the same with uh, the sequel that they were, they were you know, potentially the working platoon. on. Oh, That's right. All about it. The rights dispute between Amblin and Disney. How just weird that, like, that they, like, for, for as much as Michael Eisner thought he, like, Roger Rabbit was going to be his Mickey mouse yeah he didn't have the rights locked down to the character well, he was just so confident he was gonna get him well, we were watching that show we were talking about earlier at the uh, the first show at the uh the the theater of the stars and like at the very end they're just like and here's roger rabbit because he's popular now oh, until 1992 you couldn't do anything in disney world without seeing roger rabbit somewhere he, he was everywhere and all of a sudden, like 
Oh, oh, we have to share the money with this thing. (laughs) Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) Same kind of thing with Stitch almost. Stitch was pushed and pushed and pushed. Right. At least they own Stitch. Well, Stitch was almost more a matter of that was all they had for a bit. It's like, oh my God, (laughs) this kind of made money. It's like, like, put them on the cuffs. (laughs) They had Pixar, they had uh, Pirates, and the only like Disney anime thing that was popular was Stitch. Stitch is great, by the way, so. It's Rye, not so much, but. So talk about so, this next attraction. Like when I learned this was a thing, I was astounded. What Dick Tracy? No, no, the next one. Well, let's hear about Dick Tracy first. Well, it's, oh, so, I thought we talked about. It. Oh, is there more you have to say? So, well, well, the, well it's going to go here. Well, I know. I, we thought we talked about it. Right? We did not. So again, okay. so going back, Dick Tracy. They thought this was going to be this huge movie. You know, just going to go you bonkers. You're going to have a stage show and everything. But the one was called Dick Tracy's Crime Stoppers, and this actually was kind of the pre- precursor to the Indiana Jones Temple of Forbidden Eye. Maybe ride. the best ride ever. Yeah. So this so one... How, how crazy would that be I, it, to get this ride system with Dick Tracy? It makes sense because, because you know, Jeep still makes a ton of sense. Or like a car because there's yeah, a lot Yeah, a convertible. Of You're probably just going through like the kind of crime-ridden streets of Dick Tracy. Do they give everyone a Tommy gun? Maybe. <laughs> it's Buzz Lightyear with the uh, With a Tommy, Tommy gun. gun. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And then that movie came out and was not a hit. Yeah. So so that one, I think, fell off the drawing board pretty quickly when the movie just didn't do very well. But um, what got even further along the development, okay, this which is the one was I was really close, about. yeah, was the whole Mel Brooks, like, area for, for this, for, um, for Tower of Terror. And this so, is when they're already at the idea that we're going to have some kind of a drop ride. Yeah. So, so the idea was that started actually in the 80s with, with Euro Disney, Disneyland Paris now, they had a ride conceived called Geyser Mountain, and their whole thing was they want a drop ride. They're going to do this drop ride. And it was a hybrid drop ride roller coaster uh, ride that they were working on, and for whatever reason, just just didn't and work out. And the story out. of it was very heavily connected to kind of the story of Big Thunder Mountain. It was like a sister. It was built on top of it, wasn't it? Not like right on top of it, next to it. I think. So that was like the first inspiration of we're going to be doing a duck ride or a drop ride. How do we get this to work? So here comes Mel Brooks, um, him and his son, uh, Max, are huge Disneyland fans. And that Michael Eisner knows this. So he, he approaches them and wants to use their properties, specifically at the time, Young Frankenstein, for this like hotel adventure drop, dark drop ride that they, that they wanted to develop. And it's so smart because you, you want it to be scary, but by, by attaching Mel Brooks to it, it lets you be scary and be funny. Yeah, to, to alleviate the, the horror. Well, it was with supposed some levity. to directly be Young Frankenstein. Uh, initially, it was, but then the ideas they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is a, a, at first what kind of got Mel Brooks a, away from. Okay, I don't want to do this deal anymore because he like you know just one focused like narrative with Young Frankenstein. The Imagineers just they, well, we want to do this, and we want to do that, we want to do this. Too many, too many uh, plot threads. Yeah, and, and if you look at at you know, there's some concept art of. This, I forget what the ride was called, the Hotel of Horrors, I believe, something like that. But there was a true hotel to the right side that, that they were going to do, and then the ride to the left, which would be what is now Tower They were of obsessed for so long with getting a hotel inside in one of the, the theme park. parks, and yeah. they finally did in Disney Sea. And California well. Adventure. What? California Adventure. Not, not directly in Disney, it's like literally in. Oh, I yeah, see. It's nuts. But when, there's in, a, in Westcott, that was one Westcott of the big things. was going to be a big thing mm-hmm. there, too. Disneyland Paris has one again right in front of the park, but yeah, I think this is going to see So you have to forgive me because I'm, I'm, I'm remembering something. I can't remember where this fell. I think this was part of the original Mel Brooks idea where, where at one point, one of the plot threads was going to be that the, the hotel w- was being 
haunted or terrorized by some maniacal film that, director who was well, out to kill yeah, the guests. Yeah, I think that was... Because the big effect at the end was supposed to be you went up to the top of the elevator shaft and through some effect, being an animatronic or projecting, you actually saw him on top of the rafters with a saw cutting through the elevator oh, cable. And be. right before he did the final slice, he looked down at you and went... Cut and then dropped you, which would have been really cool. <laughs> now I did read that that was one of the narratives the measuring was looking at, but I didn't know it was that. that yeah, yeah, I, w- I always heard that was like the big gag at the end was him yeah. yelling cut. I'm still just not over the fact that we almost had a young Frankenstein e-ticket right. I know. Wow, how cool would that have been? <laughs> which is yeah, fantastic movie, by the way. Yeah. So, so Mo, originally, Mel Brooks wasn't sold on the idea, and Mike Leiser con- convinced him when they were still, you know, on good terms with all this that, you know. A movie, yeah, people go and see it and they forget about it for a while, blah, 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 lives on, sure. But a, a theme park ride, you know, thousands of visitors will, will experience, you know, something that you've created in a sense for years and right. years Until and years. Until we replace it with something with the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> well, yeah, <sure. laughs> hey, not yet, not yet. Uh, so that's what sold Mel Brooks immediate, uh, you know, pretty much right away. But once the Imagineers had all these different ideas, he was just kind of... You know, thrown off the project, and then he had this movie called Life Stinks that he was he wanted I, to focus on. Not, I do not know this movie. Yeah, I don't either. Must yeah. not have been one of his highlights. Yeah, I wonder if he's kicking himself a little bit, but yeah. I mean, it worked out for the better. I think Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is okay. Okay. He's fine. Yeah. His legacy is secure. Yes. One thing I saw too that was interesting, and honestly, I need to look at at the Tower of Terror again. But so that hotel idea that they had in the concept art, if you look at Tower of Terror, you can kind of see where. A building that was, you know, maybe three stories tall would have jetted off to the right side of it. To be the actual hotel. To be the hotel. So they kept, yeah, some of that. that Just in case. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Just in case. Just like they were going to pull that out of the Swan and Dolphin and build the monorail. (laughs) That was not true. It's not true. The friendship boat people lie to us. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Mel Brooks is gone. Uh, They need something to fill this hotel horrors idea that they have. Um, and really, it just came down to they were looking up IPs that were available. What could they use to fit this theme and narrative? Lo and behold, Twilight Zone. It's this would there. never happen now. <laughs> no, this would no. never happen. It, I mean, it's one thing for them to like do like an expedition Everest again, which is something from scratch. But to kind of just dig up an IP like this, yeah, I mean, you just don't own. It's so different because like all they had in the '90s was their their animated films were doing well. And <laughs> splash and splash, and splash. Either <laughs> was like we're going flash in the pan, I guess. Like splash mountain, <laughs> everything's everything's yeah, splash. That, you're right. We tried any one of the water parks splash yeah. apparently too. They had a, a fountain, a splash fountain. There was too, a splash fountain, which apparently is gone. Uh, Tammy Tucky was tweeting about its. Uh, well, that was kind of in that end. Yeah, kind of, I think it got like little legit scrapped. No. Oh. Oh. Um, but yeah, so Twilight Zone, it, it 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 is smart from this perspective. It lets you do. Horror without gore. Yes, you know it, it's 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 more, unsettling. It, exactly. Like like that's like you know you, you right. think back like the alien encounter. Part of the problem with that is it was kind of a violent sure. experience. So and I mean at this point, when, when is Twilight Zone like what late fifties, uh, early sixties? Yeah, yeah. Black yeah, and white had that five year run, late fifties, early sixties. Right. 60s. And I mean it, it. Yes, it's older ninety 
in the 90s, but not like ancient. Pe- yeah, most, people e- everybody people knew what it, it was. Everyone who Rod Sterling yeah. was, it was still a, a famous known commodity. Mm-hmm. It's almost a little weirder now. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, if this ride kept it relevant long enough for even the reboots we've gotten of the series. I mean, maybe it probably. Could. I'm not sure how well that's. I've watched a couple episodes. It's pretty. Well, good. it's on CBS well, All Access. They, yeah, wait till Picard comes out, and then everyone goes back and they, like, what they, else is they on? They this rebooted thing? Twilight Zone. Like they do that once every 15 years. The or so. one yeah. in the 80s. Well, this is the big one. Jordan Peele. Yeah, it was good. But anyway, we digress. Uh, So the building itself was inspired by uh, California landmarks such as the Biltmore Hotel and Mission Inn. Uh, You know, and clearly this best fits fits the theme of Sunset Boulevard itself. But what's really interesting is that the roof architecture was based off of a Spanish colonial revival to blend with the skyline of Morocco and Epcot, and you, so. you legit—it looks part of that skyline. Like if you like took a picture of Morocco and made it black and white, it just looks like it's part of it. Yeah. So if you're standing in, uh, specifically in the the Mexico uh, pavilion mm-hmm. and you look across to Morocco, you can see Tower of Terror, but it just blends in so perfectly. It's pretty crazy. It's very, well, and that's what they're, they're always doing. You see, they'll they'll do these uh, height balloon tests. Where they literally just attach a balloon to a length of rope so they can see how high something is and where you can see it from. I have to imagine they did that for this attraction. That's, it's still what's so weird about this ride because it's so much taller than anything else in that theme park. Like, and they've had a weenie identity problem in, in Hollywood Studios forever. And, like, sometimes they decide it just straight up is Tower of Terror because it's the tallest thing. Right thing. Yeah. But, well, why is it 199 feet, Mike? That's because of, if it's 200, you have to put the red blinking light on it. That's right. That's why That's why uh, Spaceship Earth, same thing, right? And Magic and the, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're all that. Yeah. They're all about that. I think, what, Cinderella's Castle is like 179 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, so this is being developed. They had a few stories and, you know, in mind uh, of what to do. Uh, one was a, st- a studio rap party at a modern day hotel where the owner kills the guests, which I think is what you were talking about, AJ. That might be just a carryover from the Mel Brooks. I don't know where, again, I forget where my thing came from. It was part of Mel Brooks or this, but okay. yeah. So another one's, you know, a group of movie stars just stay at the hotel, but disappeared. Ooh. Ooh, okay. <laughs> but it evolved into kind of, you know, the guests kind of being a part of the story and forming their own narrative to a point uh, of the ride itself. And, and this... They didn't want the guests getting a murdered. <laughs> yeah, right. They disappear. <laughs> they go somewhere else. Maybe it's nice there. We don't to know. the fifth dimension. Right. <laughs> yeah. Could be good. You don't know. I don't know. Rod Sterling was always yeah. <laughs> better than the Black Abyss of Nothingness, I guess. I don't know. So at one point with the Mel Brooks uh, ride, there was going to be a walkthrough portion. And this kind of heavily inspired the the amazing theming that we get for the queue. Mm-hmm. And probably I was trying to think, like, what other queues up to, to that, that point, point yeah. had such like an Because incredible- Indiana Jones is an amazing line. That was a year later. Star Tours already had a prequel. Cool Star Tours was Star but Tours was, but it wasn't was like well, but part of the story that like explained what was happening. I'd say Star did. Tours does that. It you're does right. That. You're right. But Star Tours, like, I mean, it's it's not quite as on this level. Um, this is a lot more ambient storytelling. Star Tours is very much we're going to tell you what's going on. This had a lot of just kind of context I mean, clues. Again, from what I understand, and again, coward, haven't been on. You should just every, like get in line with yeah, us sometimes oh, just to see it. <laughs> oh, I can't. So <laughs> we went when I was in Disneyland, and they it was after they turned their Tower of Terror into the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy thing, and I was like, I'll go in the line because I want to see the Rocket Raccoon animatronic, and Mike. 
I was I knew that I wasn't actually going in the Rhine. My brain and heart did not. <laughs> it was freaking. It was hilarious to witness. I was I, seriously. I was like terrified. You like afraid? Like they're gonna like force you? Right? I, like you're in line too late. I wasn't. I just I I knew I wasn't going on the Rhine, but like my body did not understand. Like, I was scared for Mike, and we're we're at the point where they're gonna like load us into you know where like your because <laughs> Mike gonna like screw me like oh too. <laughs> I mean, no, no. I was like, I need it. I needed a dot. <laughs> I'm getting out. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, no, no linesies. But no, so so this line's really incredible because I mean, you know, you have just the approach to the building is pretty spectacular. The outdoor part of the line goes through the old gardens of the hotel, which the whole idea is when this incident happened on Halloween in the 30s. Literally, everyone just packed up and left, and left the building completely untouched. Well, some so, people died here. We gotta go. Pretty much, but like all the all the uh, all the vegetation's very overgrown and purposefully left unkempt. There's like these dried out fountains that mm-hmm. look like they could work, but they just haven't been maintained. Yeah, just like mold spots. Yeah, around, yeah. It, like the cements cracking. Like well, it's was very say, cool. Even like purposely, the cements like like wavy. Yeah, to yeah. Point, to give just, you that unsettling feeling. Yeah, it just it, it has a. And then you know you get to the lobby, and obviously it's all cobwebs and everything. But there's a lot of really detailed, intricate props inside this. This hotel lobby. I mean, we'll get to it later, but when they when they filmed like specials to promote the ride, they were able to just use this lobby as like a set, and yeah. it looked perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a hotel lobby. Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know how heavily involved you want to get in the the whole ride itself of like what you. We can we can get the overview real quick because for me, I like it. <laughs> tell teach <laughs> me, for, for my, tell me, tell me the terrors so, I've avoided. So you get into the lobby. Um, the whole theme is that the hotel somehow is kind of reopened, I guess, but they didn't clean it. <laughs> it's a little unclear is why you're the there. Is story or, like, the specials at the time, what they told No, you. I mean, this is the story, because, you know, the idea is you're going to your room. It's not ready yet, so they're going to have you wait in the library. You could see the original elevator shaft that the five guests who disappeared on use that is out of order because that part of the building's gone. So you're going to use the service elevator, which they very much apologize for the inconvenience. So you go into the library, the door shut, the lights go out, and a TV starts playing the Twilight Zone entrance. And they created this really cool cut of footage of Rod Sterling with voiceover from a sound alike, and they cut it together. So it sounds like it's he's one, introducing. It's one of the neatest things when you see the footage that they use from a different episode. Yeah, and how they like pull that. Perfect. In. Yeah, it's it's and again ninety four. You know, good compositing. Where yeah. my favorite effect is like first he tells the backstory of, of kind of what happened. Then it gets to on a night like tonight or something along that line. It's my favorite effect in the ride. And 95% of people don't even notice this because there's like a window that's like looking to a fake outdoors in the movie. After he says that, it's like storming and there's lightning. Every time there's lightning on the screen, there's lightning out the window in perfect sync. It's very subtle, but I think it's just such a cool detail. Oh, yeah. But he goes on. He finishes explaining that, you know, you're going to get in this elevator and you might find yourself in. It gets quiet for a second. And then the sound stops coming from the TV and it comes from like surround speakers all around the room with the Twilight Zone. So then the doors open. Disney was obsessed with, okay, for our thrill rides, people are going to go into a room and watch a video at some point. They in the did line. a lot. <laughs> got rid of a lot of them. Like, that's why I can't do Di- that. Dinosaur was Dinosaur one. I still, can't watch that one anymore. Dinosaur I can't watch. Well, okay. that one's literally just you go in a room and there's a screen. At least, yeah, they don't even, at least the library is an interesting room. The room's not even themed. But yeah, so you leave the library, you go into the boiler room, which is this incredible space. It's so funny because in the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think you're still like in a boiler room. Yeah. Right. They tried. They 
it, 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 it's very intimidating just because there's all this like it's obviously all fake but it's all this like big clunky machinery mm. I love that everything's make all these hums and yeah. whirs and everything you load to your elevator now until 2002 when you sat down you had a lap bar unless you had what I've heard some people refer to as the suicide seat so the left side of the car is four to a row the right side's three and that's because there's the aisle that cuts down the seat but the back row had four and four so if you had that seat in front of the aisle you got a seat belt and your legs were free did you ever get it oh i requested, requested it, it. Yeah. it was, it's the best seat on the ride no one was in front of you your legs were free to move in 2002 they got rid of the lap bars everybody gets a seat belt now and they kind of shifted that back row so you really don't get your legs fully exposed anymore either the way they spaced out the seating it's weird um but like they were obsessed in the promos of hiding the fact that you are sitting. That's for this what's the experience. weirdest part. Somebody ever went on the ride I, for a long time. I was like, I guess you just stand in an elevator yeah, and they drop it. That's what took me so long to ride it. Yeah, because it didn't a kid. make sense. Like, how can that be safe? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna die if I ride this. Right. How are people walking? So in you, you are seated. <laughs> that's that's very important to point out if you've never been on this attraction. It's worth pointing out at this point. The cast members for this ride are usually pretty good. They're very, like, kind of dry. Probably one of the more fun well, ones to run. So, for example, at, like they kind of, like, pre-line you up. And they'll say, like, okay, row one and two are going to go, and then three, four, five, six, and follow me. And there's, like, this fake elevator engine by the entrance to the, mm. to the, the door, and it'll start, like, spark shoot out as it, like, creakily whirs to life. You see the ropes moving. The little arm thing indicating the floor starts coming. They'll say something like, ladies and gentlemen, I can see that your elevator is now dropping in, <laughs> like... Very uh-huh. ham-fisted, but, you know, they, oh, get, works. they get you seated, they push the button, and, like, as the doors are shutting, they go, oh, and one more thing before I forget to tell you, whatever you do, don't, and the doors are shut. You know, but what? Good, tell me. Good stuff like that. <laughs> good fun. So what will happen, and it's a very intricate white ride system, even though this ride exists in other Disney parks, none of them do it the way they do in Orlando. Um, you are sitting in this ride vehicle, which is actually a ride vehicle within a ride vehicle. You go up a couple floors. To uh, what looks like a, a floor in the hotel, or the corridor. Using the Pepper's ghost effect, you see the five ghosts of the uh, guests who disappeared that night beckoning you to follow them into the twilight zone. Very creepy. They disappear. Then the whole room disappears into a star From, field. So watching, I was watching a ride-through video, and this seems like the coolest It's effect. a great effect, because the room truly just, like, goes away. Well, as it's a kid, really impressive. probably, what, 10, 12, whatever, this is what inspired me to get the the star. The, you did have the star field. The stars on my yeah. ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. In the dark <laughs> like, it, wasn't, it wasn't the science museum. My like bedroom will look just like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> the fifth dimension. Yeah, like the window in the back of the room turns into the window from the Twilight Zone opening, shatters, the door shut, you go up a little more, the doors open again. You're kind of in this weird, like, rafter-filled facility, like, like where are you? Then the car, and this scared the crap out of me as a kid, starts moving forward. This is the part, like, I never really knew that much right. about. Right, and again, none of the other ones did this. Every, all the other versions take place in a single elevator shaft. So your vehicle moves forward using it's, it's similar to the t- technology used in like the great movie ride Universal and Universal Energy. Energy. It's trackless, you, technically. Exactly. Autonomous guided vehicle. In nineteen ninety four? Impressive stuff. Well, think about Universal in like nineteen eighty two. Yeah. And how big those vehicles were. So you come out into this room and again the room kind of melts away into you're now in the twilight zone. Like that's what this room is. You are in the fifth dimension. And all the elements of the opening of the show are physically represented in this room. The eye, the floating doll, it's all in there. there again, there's this really great star field effect on this, like, V-cut mirror where the stars coalesce in this line of light. There's this whooshing sound. It opens. 
Now you move into the actual ride shaft. Or again, the, the, the vehicle you're in latches into another vehicle. So I never rode this ride until I think they were on what was considered the third iteration. So the original iteration, from what I understand, you literally got in that shaft. It took you up to the top. The door is open. It's like, well, look, there's MGM Studios. Whoosh, you dropped. Hooray. Have a nice day, everybody. <laughs> Which, frankly, yeah, sounds kind of dull. No, we, I never did that, well, so I'm I don't know. people who did it yeah. really loved it. Then they did the second version where the big thing was, now we're going to drop you, shoot you back up to the top, and drop you again. Better. Twice the fright. The third Twice one the was, was it literally just three drops for the just third three one? drops, I think, for the three third drops. one. Three drops, and that was in 1999, okay. March 1st. So then we get to the current iteration. Where Which starts when? Uh, Chris, you have the year. January 1st, 2003. Thank you. Where it, there are four drop sequences, and it will play one at random. Never the same fear twice. That's right. Except it sounds it like you, you get all four. <laughs> so and what's unique now is from that, you're kind of in the middle of the shaft where you start. You will go either up or down quickly. <laughs> and I'll never forget <laughs> the first time it ever went up, and I didn't know this was a thing. Um, to make the long story short, I was in line with, um, it was a mother, her son, and her father. And I was chatting with them, and, and I was there by myself, and I found out that they weren't going to ride, just the kid was going to ride. He was about eight. Oh, jeez. Which seemed like kind of young would, to would be you do that by himself. Like, the ride oh. is one thing, but he was like, they were going to, like, go in line with him, bail, let him ride by himself, me at the exit. So I talked to the mom, and I said, hey, like, I'll stay with him, make sure he gets back with you, and, and we'll be good. And the kid was, like, a little nervous to ride it, so uh-huh. I was, like, we get to the point, I'm debating, like, should I tell him when it's going to drop? Nah, I won't tell him. And that at that moment, instead of going down, it went up and scared the bejesus out of me. I think I screamed louder than the kid did. But he had a great time. Now, is there a drop sequence that you guys like, uh, not this drop sequence? Not really. I mean, there is one that I think is the best one. And that is the one where you immediately drop down all the way to the bottom level where there's, there's a screen that kind of plays like a little stinger at the end. Um, but in this drop sequence, you'll go down immediately and the ghosts appear on the screen there, too. And then it shoots you to the top. I think that's the best one. Yeah, it's Every- not like Star Tours when you get the Wookiee planet. Yeah, again. Uh, the you're in the middle of free falling like, no, not this drop <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, every drop sequence guarantees one full drop from the top. Um, you go up to the top, the doors open, you see everything, you get your photo taken as it goes to drop you. They do like, there's some shaking around and rumbling. They do like, some of the sequences like, you'll drop like five feet, stop, go back up, drop like for full... It's just incredible. What, so what's so unique about it? You want to talk about some of the, the engineering? Yeah, Chris, are, well, you're, you're actually an engineer. Well, well, another thing, too, that I find cool is that, you know, they built this ride with just the one drop. And then they, like, slowly realize, like, hey, we can evolve this. Yeah, because what's, what's interesting is it never, in its first iteration, went up fast. But they were just able to do it, I guess? It, it, or, like, did yeah. they plan for it, I wonder? I don't know. Well, that's what, So it did go up quickly, Right on the first iteration. I don't know. I thought I assumed it was always like a slow rise to the top. That's that. That's my understanding. Okay. Yeah, I really wasn't. I'm sure. not. Yeah, and I'm again having not done it. It's not like when you watch a POV from 1994, you could tell what's going on. So I, as a coward, I was especially interested to learn about the safety features of the ride. <laughs> so there's this great YouTube channel called Art of Engineering um, that just really goes in depth uh, of of how this ride system works. And I really recommend you check it out. Yeah, if you if you want the very detailed nitty gritty. I, the, the solenoid brake pads. I just like the way how like the brake the brake pads need energy to not to make the brakes go, but to release the brakes, which so, is smart. So the brakes yeah, are always safe. on. Yeah, so it's just a safety feature, you know, to help. 
Which, which is interesting when you see it is, is because of the way it's like a like a like a, a, a continuous loop system. The one motor can pull up or down, and that's important because the ride. If it was just a free fall, it wouldn't be fast enough. It, it wasn't fast enough for me. <laughs> so it's actually pulling you down faster than the speed of gravity. And that it's creates 39 miles per hour. It creates that sensation of weightlessness. It's that feeling, which was a little better in the lap bars, especially like if you were sitting next to someone bigger than you, so you had some more space in the lap bar, <laughs> where you literally would float. Yeah, so, you mean, float so, so the people sitting next to you then. Oh, <laughs> come on. I was 12. <laughs> I wasn't that big. Still had a few too many turkey legs. <laughs> no, turkey legs are not my favorite. Um, but yeah, so it would create that feeling where you like came out of your seat and like kind of hovered there until you caught up with the the ride it, itself. It's, it's such a well, in, in its such simplest a good form, effect. it's just an elevator. You yeah, know? It just just cranked up to eleven. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so why is this version better than the other versions? Because they made ones for California Adventure, mm-hmm. uh, Disney Sea, and the uh, the Disneyland Paris Studio, which Park. opened like 2007. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. it took that long. Well, it's all about the fifth dimension. Yeah, it, it is that that facet where it moves forward. And none of the other ones did that. No, why, it, why not? Capacity, reliability. Well, so with the with the automated guided system, and again, this was in '94. It's such a, you know, not complicated, but very sensitive sensitive system. If anything interferes with that signal, boom, shut down. And, and, you know, it makes sense. You're five stories high. (laughs) You want this thing careening off the platform. So so maybe it was, you know, a lot had to do with that. Not the, uh, you know, the technology behind it, but just the safety aspect. But like I said, and again, when you watch the uh, Art of Engineering video, he he explains the the capacity uh, advantages to, to getting rid of that. Uh, they add a third shaft to all the other versions, and everything just kind of stacks on top of itself. It all takes place in one shaft, uh, so it's a little quicker to. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like it's like one of the cool moments is when you do suddenly just jut oh, out of the it, it, elevator. You know, like, like obviously the, the 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 drop itself is thrilling, but that's kind of like exciting. I guess is the word I'd use for it. Um, now, the Disney Sea version is unique in that it is not. Twilight Zone theme. Well, I guess not California isn't either, but um, instead it was uh, the, the Society the, of Adventurers and Explorers. That's right. C. Uh, and and uh, Mr. Hightower is the proprietor of, of the building. I don't know the full story. I've never, like, it's one of those dumb rides. Like, ride I should. There's always like, that dumb part. Like, but I'm going to go to Tokyo Ten. someday. And then, uh, you know, not too long ago, the one in California just became Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Which again, I was in the line for. You know, it's funny because I love, I love Tower of Terror, and I do like Mission Breakout. There's just something. Well, I know what it is. I think it's just the screens. But every time I do it, I feel so sick and nauseated. Because it's not, it's not a 3D screen. It's like it tries to like perspective, like yeah, yeah. match it with your eyes, but it's still weird. And, and maybe I'm getting older, but I have to close my eyes when yeah. I do it now. I'm like that. I look forward to finally doing it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I do like it, but. I just don't feel good afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we should finish the ride. We didn't do that. So oh, you, we did. Am I safe? You finish your dropping around. You get down to the bottom. Uh, you're Like I said, you land in front of a screen. You kind of see like the end of the Twilight Zone thing. Rod Sterling pops up and gives his warm welcome back to those of you who made it. Uh, the lights come up. And you're in this like weird storage room in the basement. The uh, vehicle moves backwards, spins, moves forward. Unload. Look at your picture. Go to the gift shop. Gift shop. Well, and even in that exit, there's there's still tons really of cool like this. props and yeah, everything the, from like the show. In the queue and not everything. actual props, recreations. Yeah, but. there's so many Easter eggs from the show itself. Uh, the puppet even there at the at the end. I don't know the exact. We need so. to watch some uh, classic t- uh, Twilight uh, Zone. They're pretty creepy. They're great. I, I saw a bunch as a kid. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> 
Yeah, it made sense. you who you are today. Yeah, yeah, the cynical, <laughs> hard-boiled ads guy we all know. The, the pansy, he won't go to any scary movies. Um, so, but, but let's talk about the real crowning achievement of, of Tower of Terror. Oh, yeah, gosh, yes. The made-for-TV movie starring Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> We do. <laughs> we, we do. I have not seen this since it came out. Uh, I kind of love this movie. Well, what's interesting is because so the ride You've seen it more than once. The ride, yeah. the ride really pushed the narrative. Even when they were like promoting it, they're all about the five hotel guests who disappeared. And yeah, out, and um, yeah. the 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 movie is very very faithful. It is. It's to, about that. To that story. Well, and they even film the actual tower, right? Yeah, for, for, for exteriors and some of the lobby shots. Um, so so the gist of the movie is. Similar backstory with a few liberties taken. You know, five people disappeared on the night of Halloween. Uh, they were on their way to the Tip Top Lounge or Tip Top Club. I, I might be mistaken there uh, for the party. And that's when the accident happened and everything went wacky and they abandoned the place. And, uh, well, shoot, what's the actor's name? Something. Steve Gooden. Uh, Michael Machine. <laughs> no. Michael, Michael Machine. Michael McShane, yes. the bad guy from Kung Fu Panda. No, different. That's a different guy. Aww. Michael Shane is um, Ian McShane. Damn yeah, you thinking? Yeah, Michael Shane is uh, Friar Tuck from the uh, Kevin Costner Robin Hood. You know what I'm talking about? Aww. He was the scientist in uh, Richie Rich. I was excited when oh the fat guy. Yeah, Michael Shane. So he now owns the building because it was his grandfather who owned it. He would be a t- made for TV movie star. <laughs> so Steve Gutenberg and his niece, played by Kirsten Dunst. Wow. Uh, he's like a star studded. Seriously, he, he's like a down on his luck photojournalist, and he's going to try to investigate this disappearance that happened low these many years ago, and you know hijinks ensue and. They find this woman who claims to be the sister of the little girl who was like the Shirley Temple stand-in. I don't have to give you the whole movie. Uh, but basically, you know, at the end, they break the curse. They all get to go back to the lounge. There is the scene where, yes, the elevator does drop with them. And, it's, and <laughs> they hope. You know, they're sitting going, ah! Like, does... <laughs> Like, just like Gilbert Gottfried. Is it still very, like, Twilight Zone-themed, or are they kind of... No, it's it's very much just a Tower of Terror movie. Twilight Zone, not part of it. What are we having the watch party? But here's the thing that that, that is uh, worth worth noting. There is is another famous actress in it, and I need to get her name because I always screw it up. Uh, Melora Hardin, who you better know as Jan from The Office. Oh, wow. She plays, like, the movie actress in The Elevator. Okay. Yeah, that's her. She has a big musical number at the end. It's fantastic. Like, you know, at the time, I had no idea. I didn't remember that was her. And then I like, went no. back to like watch a clip from this, and I was like, Jan! <laughs> now, even for a TV movie, it was a novelty to have a movie based on a ride. Well, so this was kind of the test ground for what became What that, year is this? This was 1997. Seven. Okay, so, so three years after the ride opened. This was kind of the first test of the concept of making movies out of the rides that gave us Haunted Mansion, Country Bears... <laughs> And Pirates of the Caribbean. Yay, all the money. Yeah. So this was kind of like, like they didn't want to, they didn't go full budget on this. It shows. <laughs> but they, I think they just wanted to test, like, is there any viability to, to doing this? No, no, yeah. It was a TV movie, but yeah. <laughs> it's fun. If you can check it out, uh, maybe it'll end up on Disney Plus at some point. You can go Ooh. watch I'll tell you what's really fun, though, is the segment uh, Gilbert Godfrey filmed for the uh, Disney Inside oh, Out. Oh, we were having a ball I watching that. So, of all, I gotta say, of all the celebrity welcome to a new attraction videos I've ever seen, this is by far the best one. <laughs> I mean, Disney Inside Out was a show that was on ABC, right? 
What was it on? It was on the Disney Channel. Oh, it was on Disney. It was just like a show about the theme parks and what was happening. It was like legit good insider yeah. information. And this was the week, like, ah, oh, here's our segment about Tower of Terror. It was like Gilbert Godfrey at the hotel, going through the ride, telling actually funny jokes. Yes. Uh, you should check it out. Just search Tower of Terror, Gilbert Godfrey. It, it's a hoot. It, it, it took it. us a little while to find it. Thank you, Rod. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's good stuff. Gilbert Godfrey, that's our connection to the last the last month's episode. Yeah, see, it all ties together. Now we yeah. got to, what else is Steve Gutenberg doing? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Not much. Do you have anything to do with Hunchback? I'm not gotta watch off. Police Academy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. So but, yeah, uh, like I said, Tower of Terror is is in my top five of, of theme park now, attractions. I guess my question is: Is Tower of Terror safe now? I think people weren't that upset when they changed the Anaheim one because, like you guys said, it didn't have the fifth dimension. It wasn't well, the classic. Were upset, I mean, well, people but, well, people were upset when they got rid of Maelstrom. People were upset yeah, about everything. <laughs> that's true. It, it's it's hairy because it, again, it isn't a property that they don't own. I don't think they like that anymore. Right, but it's like at this point now, or like what could you put? Or in? Tower Terror is just celebrating twenty fifth anniversary. It is kind of a bona fide classic. Yeah, it's like how much can you change status. it? I mean, it's still I bringing in crowds. I don't know. I don't know. Like what they they're drop. paying for those rights if it's gonna get get to a point where it's too I can't much. Drop Twilight Zone and maintain the hotel theming. Do you think? I think it loses something if it doesn't have the Rod Sterling. Yeah, I mean that 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 element of the story. Like, I mean, he narrates through the whole ride. You're hearing him talk to you. It's 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 now. Yeah, and I want to be too surprised because I, for one thing, I think they don't like that it's not something they own. And I think maybe we are getting to a point where there are a lot of younger people who are like, who, who, who what? Well, well, (laughs) you gotta wonder if this was their whole area for the Marvel theme, if they were ever gonna do it, because. What, Rock and Roller Coaster in Disneyland Paris, right? It's being converted to the Iron Man roller coaster. Right. And but Guardians of the Galaxy, they're already having a ride in Epcot, so that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah, not anymore. I'm saying if that was originally his right, idea. Right, that was the original thing. All right, fine. We'll make it a Roger Rabbit ride. <laughs> yeah, we'll go back to it. There we go. Yeah. Mel I, think, I, I, think, I think we'd all be happier if it stayed a Twilight Zone. I, I would. Yeah. I but there's part of me that's like, is it going Again, to? I'm, I'm, never, I'm never that guy. If they're going to change, I'll be like, okay, fine. Just like, don't screw yeah. it up. I wouldn't be surprised if it changed, but I don't want What if you had to pick a property? Oh, a gosh. property. To change it into. Hmm. The National like Treasure that? Tower of Terror. Oh my gosh, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, they talk about Monstropolis coming in that area. That may, there's a tower. That could work. That's not terrible. That could work. That's not terrible. You know, you're right. You, we need some screen. What if it was just up? It just... <laughs> they just painted oh, sky blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much. Adventure is up there. Yeah. Just make a rock and roller coaster, the Incredicoaster. On the East Coast, and uh, you got a whole Pixar area. Rock, I think Rock and Roll because it's going to change before Tower of Terror. Well, yeah. if anything, yeah, Aerosmith, because their contract's coming up. Right, so. and that's a little, that might be a different episode, because that, that, that comes later into that area. And it's always weird, because it's not, has, it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the theming of Sunset Boulevard. No, it's just like, and, and here's a music record it, studio. It, to be clear, they hide, it's not like it's like obstruct, it's not ruining Sunset Boulevard, because you don't see it until you go into like that weird, almost little mini land that is just where Rock and Roller Coaster is. Yeah. But, G-Force uh, Records. Then later they would also kind of build the giant walkway. Again, it doesn't int- uh, obstruct it. That takes you to the Phantasmic Theater. So, you know, th- since even... We, we could basically do uh, Sunset Boulevard Part 2. Yeah, but I mean... Aside, the expansion. Aside from that stuff, which is all still in the 90s, that area has not changed much aside from changing out some of the shops. They, isn't there isn't there now like some kind of Tower Terror bar or something? There's that villains mm. thing they were doing. No, well, I thought there was a lounge. There. I think that's where Club Thirty Three is going. Okay. Well, well, that's a, that's the old Brown Derby Lounge that they that they talked about. Oh, the is cat, that it? The catwalk. 
bar. Oh, I thought that was back there. Okay, mm-hmm. never mind, never mind. I mean, they 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 wanted to do a bar at the exit for um, Tower of Terror. It never happened. There wasn't space. Uh, things along those lines. But yeah, it really never changed. Uh, even along Sunset Boulevard, the facades are all pretty much identical. And really just the store names change. That's pretty much about it. A few additions here and there, but yeah. Still a relic of the 90s. It's just, it's so fun. I can't, and I know I've been there. I just can't picture Hollywood Studios without Sunset Boulevard. Like, I can't see it in my head. It, it, when you look at the park maps before it has that, it really, that, that's really when the park is looking super small. Yeah. It's always kind of been one of the smart parts, but when it doesn't have that little area, like, jetting off there. With the giant and, okay, and at the end without of the having, street. You don't have Tower of Terror, which was really until, uh, an, until you have the opening of maybe Rock and Roller Coaster, even then, but it's even with Galaxy's Edge, kind of the marquee attraction of the whole park well, for a you, long time. I mean, how long is that? Isn't that sign finally gone now? Oh, that's right. That one yeah. on the road. Yeah, they finally got rid of that, too. Yeah. Man. But even then, when it, so when it first opened, no Sunset Boulevard and Streets of New York, you couldn't even walk on it. Yeah. yeah what, what a weird park when it opened. Yeah. <laughs> they, it was a movie studio, Mike. Yeah, that's right. They made movies there. Well, you were lucky to be there. You were lucky to be there. Catch some of that stardust. They paid your $50 <laughs> in 1989 money or whatever it was. <laughs> All right, so is that is that wrapping it up? That is, that is yeah, a Tower Terror just job. celebrating its 25th anniversary. We didn't even so. know that we decided to do Boy, this. I, we did that on purpose, let me tell you. <laughs> Good job, Chris. Yay. We did it. Yeah, well. we did indeed. So. Now we just need to have a uh, Hollywood trip and visit all these. Yeah, we'll go get a picture for the buildings that are still there. One. And the nondescript office space for the car they oh, we'll get there. Used to be. All right, so AJ, you haven't led us on an episode yet. What do you think you want to talk about next month? I'm going to take you to my favorite movie of the 90s, The Hunchback. Back of Notre Dame oh, because that was that weird kid who liked the scary one. We, I think we, all three of us like this oh, one. Yeah, it is. This is probably my favorite of them to be, of the nineties ones, at least. To be honest, yeah. it's, I, it's one of the times you could talk about Disney and say hell a lot. Ooh. <laughs> it's yeah, this is I've been to Notre Dame before the burning. Yes. So. I have yeah, that lucky you. Yeah. So is this movie only or the show? Yeah, we'll dip about because okay. we, you know, we get, we got we got stage shows. Yeah. We got we got uh, Happy Meal Toys, a Broadway esque musical that ran in Germany and we got a, a cast recording, a weird turny thingy in Disneyland. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course the fireworks in Paris. It's a, it, well, in Disney World, it's a part of the fireworks now. Well, it is yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so it's coming back a little. Yeah. It's came to some of the respect this is, it deserves. This is, this is Michael Eisner's favorite movie of his tenure. So. Well, my glasses gets a gets a bad rap, but he has decent taste. Yeah, you know, he just became a villain at the end. It's a villain. What are you gonna do? <laughs> so yeah, uh, join us next time for that and more on '90s Disney. And in the meantime, uh, check us out '90sDisney.com. That's '90sDisney.com. That'll take you to where you can get the show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. I think they call it. There's now. like five thousand of them. All podcast and while you're in there it would do us a, a real solid if you would rate and review our show five stars as we we're kind of new and starting to build I mean, some if you that. have to do four <laughs> just give us five come on you're gonna give a four star we were looking at a nitpick here come on chris was up for days putting this together yeah, you for understand. you right you understand his well, kids then. went malnourished <laughs> his house in disrepair good thing i had a slow work week so. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, we would really appreciate it if you could rate the show, tell a friend uh, about where, the where show. Where are we on Twitter? Uh, we are at 90s Disney sh- uh, Pod. Shoot. 90s Disney Pod. I should yes. know this. It's yeah, pod. it's Pod. <laughs> I was about to say podcast. No, wait, we, podcast was we, too long. We've hit 100 followers, which for, you know, our very That's early good. stage, not bad. Yeah, thank you to uh, all you people. That, every Friday, there's very nice follow Friday groups that go about That's in the right. Disney podcast. We should maybe, maybe we should do some of that. I always participate. Retweet. I mean, we should do a Fall Friday. I could. I'll, I'll spearhead one. And then it's uh, a good chance to find some fun gifs. How to can use. people mail us? Email us. They can email us at nineties at gmail dot com. And uh, please send us any questions, comments, memories. What about stories? your personal mailing address, Edge Guy? In case it has to be, you and know, so hard letter. I need <laughs> Social Security number. Really one, two, Date three, of birth. Four, <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Amazing. <laughs> Same call, just Mel Brooks. Yeah. We're going to have to bring it back. We're going to have to record this next episode after I get back from China. I'll be going to Shanghai Disney is the plan. Oh, yeah. When do you leave? Uh, the 9th, August 19th. Wow. Man, soon. For work, so. Well, find out, find all the hunchback of Notre Dame. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> unfortunately, this, this park was not built in the 90s. <laughs> I don't know. I, what is what is what is nineties culture mean to China? I have no idea. Don't don't, don't know. Probably not a great time. Maybe okay. Probably not. <laughs> I'll, I'll get his now. So we'll update show notes with uh, some. Yeah. So check out the show notes. We'll, I'll have I'll have Chris's list of all the the building addresses you could find, the links to the YouTube videos we talked about, and more. Uh, until then, please join us next month and stay radical. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.